This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to the Royal Albert Hall, a phenomenal concert place. And one of those places that if you're in London and there's a concert on that you fancy, you've got to go and get, try and get tickets. Anyway, this is part one of our two-part look at the Royal Albert Hall. Now, don't forget also to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you like the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. The Royal Albert Hall is a concert hall on the northern edge of South Kensington and has a seating capacity of 5,272. Since the hall's opening by Queen Victoria in 1871, the world's leading artists from many performance genres have appeared on its stage. It's the venue for the BBC Proms concerts, which have been held there every summer since 1941. It's also host to more than 390 shows in the main auditorium annually, including classical, rock and pop concerts, ballet, opera, film screenings with live orchestral accompaniment, sports, award ceremonies, school and community events, and charity performances and banquets. A further 400 events are held each year in the non-auditorium spaces. Over its 152-year history, the hall has hosted people from various fields, including meetings held by suffragettes, speeches from Winston Churchill and Albert Einstein, fights by Lennox Lewis, exhibition bouts by Muhammad Ali, and concerts from regular performers at the venue such as Eric Clapton and Shirley Bassey. The hall was originally to have been called the Central Hall of Arts and Sciences, but the name was changed to the Royal Albert Hall of Arts and Sciences by Queen Victoria upon laying the hall's foundation stone in 1867 in memory of her husband, Prince Albert, who had died six years earlier. It forms the practical part of a memorial to the Prince Consort. The decorative part is the Albert Memorial, directly to the north in Kensington Gardens, now separated from the hall by Kensington Gore. In 1851, the Great Exhibition, organised by Prince Albert, the Prince Consort, was held in Hyde Park. The exhibition was a success, which led Prince Albert to propose the creation of a group of permanent facilities for the public benefit, which came to be known as the Albert Atropolis. The exhibition's Royal Commission bought Gore House, but it was slow to act, and in 1861, Prince Albert died without having seen his ideas come to fruition. However, a memorial was proposed for Hyde Park, with a great hall opposite, the proposal was approved and the site was purchased with some of the profits from the exhibition. The hall was designed by civil engineers, Captain Francis Falk and Major General Henry Y.D. Scott of the Royal Engineers and built by Lucas Brothers. The designers were heavily influenced by ancient amphitheatres but had also been exposed to the ideas of Gottfried Semper while he was working at the South Kensington Museum. The recently opened Cirque de Hiver in Paris was seen in the contemporary press as the design to outdo. 
The hall was constructed mainly of Fairfield red brick and terracotta block decoration made by Gibson Canning of Tamworth. The dome was made of wrought iron and glazed. There was a trial assembly of the dome's iron framework in Manchester. Then it was taken apart again and transported to London by horse and cart. When the time came for the supporting structure to be removed from the dome after reassembly in situ, only volunteers remained on site in case the structure collapsed. It did drop, but only by 5 sixteenths of an inch, 7.9 millimetres. The hall was scheduled to be completed by Christmas Day 1870, and the Queen visited a few weeks beforehand to inspect. The official opening ceremony of the hall was on the 29th of March 1871. This had originally been scheduled for the 1st of May, the 20th anniversary of the opening of the Great Exhibition, but was brought forward at the request of Queen Victoria. A welcoming speech was given by Edward, the Prince of Wales, because the Queen was too overcome to speak. Her only recorded comment on the hall was that it reminded her of the British Constitution. In the concert that followed, the hall's acoustic problems immediately became apparent. Engineers first tried to remove the strong echo by suspending a canvas awning below the dome. This helped and also sheltered concertgoers from the sun, but the problem was not solved. It used to be jokingly said that the hall was the only place where a British composer could be sure of hearing his work twice. In July 1871, a French organist performed Church Scene from Faust by Charles Gonard. The orchestra described his performance as an exceptional and distinguished performer. The effect was most marvellous. Initially lit by gas, the hall contained a special system by which thousands of gas jets were lit within 10 seconds. Though it was demonstrated as early as 1873 in the hall, full electric lighting was not installed until 1888. During an early trial when a partial installation was made, one disgruntled patron wrote to the Times, declaring it to be a very ghastly and unpleasant innovation. In May 1877, Richard Wagner himself conducted the first half of each of eight concerts, which made up the Grand Wagner Festival. After his turn with the baton, he handed it over to conductor Hans Richter and sat in a large armchair on the corner of the stage for the rest of each concert. Wagner's wife, Consuma, the daughter of Hungarian virtuoso pianist and composer Franz Liszt, was among the audience. The Wine Society was founded at the hall on the 4th of August 1874, after large quantities of cask wine were found in the cellars. A series of lunches were held to publicise the wines, and General Henry Scott proposed a cooperative company to buy and sell wines. In 1906, Elsie Fogarty founded the Central School of Speech and Drama at the Hall, using its West Theatre, now the Elgar Room, as the school's theatre. The school moved to Swiss Cottage in North London in 1957. Whilst the school was based at the Royal Albert Hall, students who graduated from its classes included Judy Dench, Vanessa Redgrave, Lynn Redgrave, Harold Pinter, Lawrence Olivia and Peggy Ashcroft. In 1933, German physicist Albert Einstein led the Einstein Meeting at the Hall for the Council of Assisting Refugee Academics, a British charity. In 1936, the Hall was the scene of a giant rally celebrating the British Empire on the occasion of the centenary of Joseph Chamberlain's birth. In October 1942, the Hall suffered minor damage during World War II bombing but in general was left mostly untouched as German pilots used the distinctive structure as a landmark. In 1949, the canvas awning was removed and replaced with fluted aluminium panels below the glass roof in a new attempt to cure the echo, 
but the acoustics were not properly tackled until 1969, when large fiberglass acoustic diffusing discs, commonly referred to as mushrooms or flying saucers, were installed below the ceiling. In 1968, the hall hosted the Eurovision Song Contest 1968, and from 1969 to 1988, the Miss World Contest was staged in the venue. On the 25th of November 1968, it was the venue for the final date of the farewell tour by British rock supergroup Cream, which was also recorded and filmed in colour. In the 1970s, 1970-1976, the hall hosted the Rothmans International Tennis Tournament, an indoor tournament which, from 1973, was part of the World Championship Tennis Circuit. From 1996 to 2004, the hall underwent a program of renovation and development, supported by a £20 million grant from the Heritage Lottery Fund and £20 million from the Arts Council England to enable it to meet the demands of the next century of events and performances. 30 discrete projects were designed and supervised by the architecture and engineering firm BDP without disrupting events. These projects included improved ventilation to the auditorium, more bars and restaurants, improved seating, better technical facilities and improved backstage areas. Initially, the circle seating was rebuilt during June 1996 to provide more legroom, better access and improved sidelines. The largest project of the ongoing renovation and development was the building of a new south porch, door 12, accommodating a first floor restaurant, new ground floor box office and subterranean loading bay. Although the exterior of the building was largely unchanged, the south steps leading down to Prince Consort Road were demolished to allow construction of an underground vehicle access and a loading bay with accommodation for three HGVs, all carrying equipment brought by shows. The steps were then reconstructed around a new south porch, named the Meta Foyer, after a significant donation from Mr and Mrs Meta. The porch was built on a similar scale and style to the three pre-existing porches at door 3, 6 and 9. On the 4th of June 2004, the project received the Europa Nostra Award for remarkable achievement. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The East, Door 3, and West, Door 9 porches were glazed and new bars opened along with ramps to improve disabled access. The stores were rebuilt in a four-week period in 2000, using steel supports, allowing more space underneath for two new bars. 1,534 unique pivoting seats were laid, with an addition of 180 prime seats. The choirs were rebuilt at the same time. The whole building was redecorated in a style which reinforces its Victorian identity. 43,000 square feet of new carpets were laid in the rooms, stairs and corridors, specially woven with a border that follows the oval curve of the building. Between 2000 and 2004, there was a major rebuilding of the Great Organ, known as the Voice of Jupiter, built by Father Henry Willis in 1871 and rebuilt by Harrison and Harrison in 1924 and 1933. It is now the second largest pipe organ in the British Isles, with 9,997 pipes in 147 stops. The largest is the Grand Organ in Liverpool Cathedral, which has 10,268 pipes. 
During the first half of 2011, changes were made to the backstage areas to relocate and increase the size of the crew catering areas under the south steps, away from the stage, and create additional dressing rooms nearer to the stage. From January to May 2013, the box office area at door 12 underwent further modernization to include a new cafe bar on the ground floor, a new box office with shop counters and additional toilets. In autumn 2013, work began on replacing the Victorian steam heating system over three years and improving cooling across the building. This work followed the summer prom season, during which temperatures were unusually high. Further heat waves in 2018 and 2019 led to a rebuild of the rousing circle level, with air cooling ventilation installed, significantly decreasing heat there during hot weather. In 2017, work began on a two-story 11,000-square-foot basement extension for use as backstage space to the southwest quadrant of the building. The project is nicknamed the Great Excavation, in reference to the Great Exhibition of 1851, and was planned to be completed for the hall's 150th anniversary in 2021. In 2018, a Walk of Fame was unveiled at the hall, with the first 11 recipients of the star, including the suffragettes, who held meetings at the hall, Winston Churchill and Albert Einstein, both of whom delivered speeches here, Muhammad Ali, who had exhibition events at the venue he dubbed a hell of a hall, and Eric Clapton, who has played the venue over 200 times, among others who were viewed as key players in the building's history. During the COVID-19 pandemic, restrictions meant the hall was closed in March 2020 for the first time since the Second World War. During winter 2020, it reopened for three socially distanced performances, but was then closed for a second period, finally reopening to full capacity in July 2021. The hall, a Grade 1 listed building, is an ellipse in plan, with its exterior and major minor accesses of 272 and 236 feet, and its internal minor and major accesses of 185 and 219 feet. The great glass and wrought iron dome roofing is 135 feet high. The hall was originally designed with a capacity for 8,000 people and has accommodated as many as 12,000 people, although present-day safety restrictions mean the maximum permitted capacity is now 5,272, including standing in the gallery. Around the outside of the building is an 800-foot-long terracotta mosaic frieze, depicting the Triumph of Arts and Sciences in reference to the hall's dedication. Proceeding anti-clockwise from the north side, the 16 subjects of the frieze are 1. Various countries of the world bringing their offerings to the exhibition of 1851 2. Music 3. Sculpture 4. Painting 5. Princes, art patrons and artists 6. Workers in stone 7. Workers in wood and brick 8. Architecture 9. The infancy of the arts and sciences. 10. Agriculture. 11. Horticulture and land surveying. 12. Astronomy and navigation. 13. A group of philosophers, sages and students. 14. Engineering. 15. The mechanical powers. 16. Pottery and glassmaking. Above the phrase is an inscription in 12-inch high, 30-centimeter terracotta letters that combine historical fact and biblical quotations. The hall was erected for the advancement of the arts and science and works of industry of all nations in fulfillment of the intention of Albert Prince Consort. The site was purchased with the proceeds of the Great Exhibition of the year MD CCC LI. 
The first stone of the hall was laid by Her Majesty Queen Victoria on the 20th day of May, MDCCC LXVII, and it was opened by Her Majesty on the 29th of March in the year MDCCC LXXI. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. The wise and their works are in the hand of God. Glory be to God on high and on earth peace. Below the arena floor, there is room for two 4,000-gallon water tanks, which are used for shows that flood the arena, like Madame Butterfly. So, I hope you've enjoyed our first part look at the Royal Albert Hall and its history going right back through and some of the changes that have been made. It'd be really good to know, have you ever been there? Do let us know. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next week for part two. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.